At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 174. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? Um, I realize that you guys are getting a ton of snow. Yes. I currently have no snow at all. Like there, There's just to say that there's some white on top of the grass. Uh, it looks like someone <laughs> dropped their bag of cocaine in my yard. That's about it, oh, really. Boy. Uh, which is entirely possible in, the, in this neighborhood. <laughs> but it, it's annoying because um, it's very cold right now at like minus 22 Celsius. So people are out there, and by people I mean like the volunteers for the city uh, starting to spray down for the ODRs, for the outdoor rinks. But there's no snow. So if you don't have any boards, they're just like spraying water on grass. And it's cold and frozen, so the water's just going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't seem to make too much sense. So like it's... Uh, we have this one park close to my house that the water is leaking out into the street, and every, like it's got this four three way intersection that's just completely iced over because these knuckleheads are spraying the water everywhere. Like, well, well we got to do it, so might as well do it. What are you doing? No, you oh, don't boy. have any snow. You don't have any boards. Then just wait, because you can't form a rink without anything. You're just spraying water everywhere like a crazy fireman. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily understand the thought process there and i don't think you do either which is which was the whole point of that but yeah uh yeah that doesn't make a whole lot of sense that that's just it it doesn't make any sense it just seems like someone was told to do something and they just did it regardless of the outcome um which is brings me back to working for the government like we want you to do this thing are you sure sounds like a lot of waste just do it all right you're paying me sure yeah and same thing happened here amazing love that what's going on with you um, I got word that I'm working from home the next two days, so uh, I, I guess it, it's it, that's a good thing. I don't have to go in and embrace the snow, so uh, going to be a chill next couple of days, so that'll be good. Get yourself some cocoa or some coffee, put on some sweats, and don't change for two days. That's that's exactly the plan. Oh, yes. I love it. I love those days. Perfect. So let's jump right into 174. We have a lot to get to. We're going to start with some 2021 season prep and we're going to start with well what really has to happen before the 2021 season starts mitch and there's uh some things that need to be buttoned up before we have some hockey now so do you mean just the islanders perspective or like league wide uh both you could take this however you want and we'll go from there okay so maybe we start from inside out sure. um for the islanders it's signed matthew barzell okay bye yeah that's it right. 
<laughs> that's really it. Because after, and, and I get like I've seen comments online like, well, who cares about expectations if we haven't signed Barzal? Sure, but like we have other things to talk about, and, and those players will be there. They will be there even if Matthew Barzal isn't signed. So, uh, yes, the one big thing the Islanders have to do is sign Matthew Barzal, and they will. It's going to happen. But they and Matthew Barzal need to figure out what the heck is going, what the season is going to look like economically speaking, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is escrow going to look like? Is there going to be deferrals? I don't think there will. As far as we know, like those, those are those are set. That's done. The NHL and the NHLP are not talking about economic issues anymore. No. That is done. They're not going there. So, what else is waiting? Maybe roster sizes, right? Like we've talked about that sure. as well. Uh, like, are they going to grow from 23 to 25? And what does that mean for the cap? Maybe. I I, I don't know. No, it's certainly possible. Um, My feeling or my take on this whole Barzal situation is I think they have one of those under the table Lou Lemerillo handshake deals like in place. They're just waiting to see what actually happens before sending that in. Like if you had to put on a scale like a hundred scale. Like how much you are nervous about Matthew Barzal not being signed? I, I I'm at zero. Like it's not moving the needle whatsoever. I, I he's going to be signed before they play a game. I, I am not in the least bit concerned right now. I have a maybe one percent, and that's just like the cynic in me going like, "What if it's a William Nylander situation?" Ha ha! Like I, I don't think it will be, but like you know, the anxiety and in me or whatever you want to call it is just like maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm with you. Like, there's very little. It, it seems like there's very little risk. It seems that everything yeah. is figured out. That the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and it's just sending the paperwork in. But they've got to wait for things to happen. Like Andrew Ladd, what's going to happen with him? Right. Like, Great point. It, if they don't know what's going to happen with him, is it LTIR or AHL? That changes the the, the math, right? So definitely, if he goes to LTIR, it's okay. We'll give you seven or six and a half. And then we're going to save that money and, and and get it elsewhere to bring in like a, I'm going to use Mike Hoffman as example, but I, I'm not totally sold on him. On Mike Hoffman, Mike Hoffman, for example, right? right yeah, right. maybe Mike Hoffman, half of the half of the good <laughs> stuff and half of the bad stuff. Perfect. Yeah, just split it right down the middle. <laughs> get all Mike Hoffman in here. Perfect. Uh, but it's not. I, w- I want to make this clear. Also, it's not like Matt Barzal is the only RFA who hasn't signed. Like there, a lot of teams are dealing with this. Like, has Anthony Sorelli signed? I don't believe so. I don't think Sorelli nope. signed. Uh, Their only one from Tampa was Sergachev, right? Yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois hasn't signed yet. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. I thought, I, I, as far as I remember, he's a pretty big part of the Columbus Blue Jackets, is he not? Yeah, he is. And listen, Matt Barzell might be the most talented RFA left, but. I'm not in the least bit concerned because if you look around, the, I feel like people are just so hyper-focused on the Islanders that they're not looking at what's happening around the league. And it's only like, oh my God, the Islanders haven't signed Matt Barzal yet and the season's going to start in a month. Where like, yes, if you are looking in just a minute scope at just the Islanders, sure, that could potentially sound like a bad thing. But if you take a step back and realize, hey, None of the other 30 teams in the NHL are doing a damn thing right now. Also, like, it's it's not just an Islanders problem. I don't know how many times I could say this online. It's just killing me right now. You're right. And you bring up a really good point with Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
look at the the cap space that the Columbus Blue Jackets have. They have $9.2 million worth of cap space. There's no one out there that can tell me that Pierre-Luc Dubois is worth $9.2 million dollars no. a year. He just isn't. Is he worth a lot? Yes. He's a number one center for their team. Had a really good year this year, sure. But he's not going to bust $10 million this year, no. specifically not in a COVID economy and with the production he had. So they have the cap, and they don't have anyone else to re-sign. Their team is done. They have seven defensemen signed. They have two goalies signed. And they have, what is it, 13 forwards, not counting Pierre-Luc Dubois signed. They're done with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Why haven't they done it? Why aren't we jamming down the throat of the- What is going on with the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah. Well... Like, no, they're, they're, everyone's just waiting. Mm-hmm. There's no need to worry. If you have the time, take it. Right. And sure, I would love all these issues to be buttoned up sooner rather than later, but I'm not like, I'm hitting the panic button if we're at the day before opening night and Matt Barzell's not signed. Like, that, then we're starting to panic at that point. I think I'd worry at opening a training camp. If he's not signed by opening of training camp, I would be worried. Even if it bleeds into tra- the the night before was a little bit tongue in cheek, but even if it bled into training camp slightly, I I don't think it would get to that though. Like the the chances of it getting to training camp and him not being signed is maybe your one percent that you were talking about earlier. Right. If it comes to day one of training camp and he's still not signed, like they're on the ice practicing. I'm at about a 25 now. Mm-hmm. It's jumped up considerably because you're going like, this is a pretty figurative moment in the season. Uh, but but I'm not going to like jump off the boat like, he's leaving, it's John Tavares 2.0. I'm not, I'm not freaking out at that point. But to really just bring this back in terms of off-season business, one, Matthew Barzell, and maybe one, B, what's going to happen with Andrew Ladd? Right, because that that's a huge cap that they can use to maybe bring someone in or do something else with, or, or not. If you're right, if he's just like I'm not retiring at all, um, I'm not even going to sit on the sidelines. Uh, then it's all right, cool. Well, then AHL for you, bud, which only saves us one point oh seven five million on the cap. Right, but at least at that point you know what you're dealing with, so then you can make whatever adjustments you have to. You know, that's right. So looking from an Islanders perspective, I think that's really it. Maybe not it. We have those depth signings of Martin, Green, Schneider that are basically done, done just yeah. like sitting by the fax machine waiting to go. I assume it's a fax machine. It's Lula Morello after all. It's a fax. Yeah, it's, it might even be carrier pigeons at this point, but uh, like, who cares? He's got them done. That's all that matters. I don't want to live in a world where it's Lula Morello sending in digital things. I, I want to think fax. He's doing the telephone. It's making all the weird noises and it's going through. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the first time my my family got internet and it was dial up, uh-huh. and like when that made that sound, both my brother and I were like, "What the hell is going on?" My mom's like, "That's it, connecting, trying to tell us what the hell this all was," and the weird silence that came out of that modem. My God, ridiculous! <laughs> These kids today will never understand. They'll never get like a fifty six k modem and what that means to the world <laughs> and how like that was amazing at the time. <laughs> right, uh, but no, I'm I'm with you. The the fake outrage over Matt Barzal not being signed is, is a little much for me right now. I, I get people want to see it happen. No one doesn't. Um, but there's, there's no reason to panic right now. There really isn't. And you see it everywhere. Whenever the Islanders tweet out something like, look at the new UBS. Where's Matthew Barzal's contract? And you're like, guys, girls, everyone, let's chill out a bit. All right. Like they have other things that they need to do. This is yeah. basically done. They're waiting for everything else to happen before they actually sign it or send it in, whichever one. 
Right. And what are they supposed to do? Cease operations until Matthew Barzal signs? Like, this is, other things has to happen. Like, you don't run a business like that. You don't just stop everything. That's right. Uh, but on an NHL perspective, so if mm-hmm. we then, you know, look outwards. Sure. Uh, everything is pretty much done economically speaking. Like we said before, like they, they talked about reopening it and deferring, uh, increasing deferrals. Uh, they talked about escrow payments going up, uh, but that that's not happening, which could be a problem for the players down the road because there's going to be a pot of money, like a couple hundred million dollars that they might owe the NHL when they go and renegotiate the new CBA because they're not talking deferrals, because they're not talking increased escrow. Um, and, they're going to owe that money whether they like it or not. So guys like Barzal are, are going to have to pay this in a couple of years from now, whereas guys like, I don't know, Andrew Ladd won't. So like that that's a problem going forward. For now, no. Now they're really stuck on like the nitty-gritty stuff, like division formats, are they playing in bubbles or not, so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, it, it sounds like what they're trying to do is get every team to play in their home arena which, if done safely, I think is best for each one of those teams. You know, you're, you're comfortable, you're in your own area, and, you know, hopefully with the division realignment, you're not traveling like crazy and you can do it safely. And maybe at some point you could eventually get fans in if the vaccine and stuff starts to get going. I just worry about certain jurisdictions. Like, we've seen um, the, them talk already about, like, some – some teams just won't be able to do it. Uh, like, what's going to happen in Canada? Like, the Toronto Raptors aren't playing in, in Toronto, Toronto right now. They're playing in Florida. What's going to happen to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Or like, Toronto Raptors, one thing. They're important to the NBA, but not like the, the Toronto Leafs. Maple Leafs are to the NHL. Like, we're talking LA Lakers' importance, levels of importance to the league. Uh, if they can't play home games. In a month, less than a month from now, right? Like, the vaccine is is here, but like it's not being rolled out to every single person. Like they're not kicking down my door, telling shooting me in the arm with a with a needle. Although I I take it if they do that, good old if Trudeau could do that, that'd be great. He won't. Um, either way, uh, so that that's going to be a problem, right? And what about New York, right? Like there are no New York teams playing right now, although like the. The Yankees did play, right, in New York itself when, when things were going on? Yeah, the, the Mets and Yankees did. Absolutely. So, like, you would you would have to believe that they, the Islanders, would be allowed to play with no fans, of course, mm-hmm. at the Nassau Coliseum and welcome a team. And, and that's a pretty good setup, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, the Marriott is right there. You're not going very far. There's not much travel happening. The players aren't just going to be like walking about on Hempstead Turnpike, like, oh, let's go out for a jaunt. Yeah, they'll, they'll walk around, see the Chipotle or see like the gas station next to the Starbucks and be like, all right, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's pretty much it. You're, you're not wrong. Right. So but if they can get them playing at the Coliseum, that's all that's going to matter, really. No, of course. And I think that's, you know, the goal. That's what everyone uh that's what everyone. That's what everyone wants to see is them back at the at the columns. Even if they can't eventually, I'm not saying right away, but even if you can't, like let's say for the whole twenty twenty one season, they say no fans for the whole thing. Even with that, it's still. I think Islanders fans would want to see them in the Coliseum one more time, even if it's just on their TV. Yeah, as much as we individually would like to have a send off with the Coliseum, 
it's maybe a little bit more important for the players. Well, maybe even I shouldn't say that. It's about a 50-50, right? Yeah, like, I would say so. Importance level from fans and players. But at least someone is able to give them the send-off. The organization and the team is able to do a proper send-off, whether we as fans are there or not, uh, is would it would suck but like i think we'd all live with it this is what you're trying to get at and exactly. i 1000 percent agree like we can't be there all right well at least someone is there wearing the blue and orange saying goodbye right because it would kind of be crappy if the last game the islanders ever played in esso coliseum was that uh game against the hurricanes before the season shut down because that did not end well no um but I would imagine if it comes to it, they're going to try their darndest. And they, they will otherwise. But like if it gets to it where they're kind of like facing, they've only got a few games left on the schedule. And they're like the last one, they will probably say that we have to do something to get some fans in here. Whether it be like 2,000 and like double social distance. There's no one for like 10 seats between each other, either yeah, up yeah. or down or left and right. Like no one around. That I think they'll try to do that just to get someone in there to get some voices because it, it can't be silent on the last time. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens there. But um, as for the 2021 season prep, I, I think the last things we have to get figured out is what the hell is going to happen with the schedule. It, it seems like the like the mold is there for what they want to do. It's just actually like okay, we got to sit down and figure this out now. Yeah, which is not easy to do because no. um, we don't know who can and can't have te- uh, players or sorry fans um, and, and what's going to happen in, in different jurisdictions. Like the difference between Texas and New York or California and I don't know, New Jersey are, are stark in, in their approaches to virus management, uh, which, which could be a problem because they need they the NHL need a uniform policy and how they're going to handle this. Uh, but different jurisdictions don't allow for uniformity. Um, so that that's going to be an issue. We're we're stuck at fifty six games, and and that that's fine with me. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, how they get that done, they'll figure it out. The schedule apparently isn't going to be released until like a couple of days before the actual season starts, mm-hmm. or maybe a week or so, which seems wild to me. But like that's the times we live in now, right? Like no, exactly. things change every day. One hundred percent. We're getting new updates and new information, like you said, each and every day. So that wouldn't be in the least bit shocking if we didn't know until like a week before. It really would. And so it's going to be a wait and see approach. But as it stands now, it seems like the NHL is set on January 13th. If they can get there, uh, will remains to be seen because there's still a lot ne- that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But they've done it before, right? Like they, they figured out that whole playoff bubble pretty darn quick so i imagine they could do this quickly as well I, I i think they can get it done within a month i'm confident too i definitely am anything else on the 2021 season prep before we move this thing along i don't think we're the only ones who are confident players are starting to come over players are starting to be recalled from their loans um uh, we'll get to some of those in a, in a little bit later uh so like everyone's starting to figure out uh that that this is starting to go we better get in place now and start quarantining now so we're ready for when whatever camp is and whenever that opens that they're ready. Absolutely. Earlier, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I made a mistake earlier on this podcast, Mitch. Uh, I, I said no one in the NHL has done anything, but I forgot the Islanders made a blockbuster trade this past week. So we got to talk about you? that. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I know. Unbelievable. Just, just shut the podcast down. We're done. We're done. We can't do this anymore. The Islanders acquire Timoshov from Detroit for... Futures, 
Big time move. I'm, big time move. You're going to really miss future considerations on, on the second line. Really a top <laughs> six guy, standout player. Really going to miss him. I can't wait to get my Detroit Red Wings future considerations jersey. <laughs> What number is he going to wear, Matt? Du- just double zero future considerations. <laughs> on the I'm worth nothing. Absolutely. So what can we make of this trade? What, who is this guy? What can you tell me about him? There's Well, first off, there's no downside to this, right? Even if he's a bust, they, they gave up nothing. Yeah. So already a win. We've already got a win. Other than that, this is a fifth round pick made by the Maple Leafs in 2015. Um was pretty good, like had 90 points in his first year in the QMJHL. Uh, but then it slowly dipped down where he had 53 and 29 games, 32 and 28, which is still good, but we're talking QMJHL. Um, played with Bo, mind you, with the Cataracts. Oh, there you go. Had 28 points in 21 games in their playoff run in 15 16. At the AHL level, he just got better and better. Like he was the top scorer for the Marlies. And I believe they won the Calder that year, uh, the Calder Trophy Memorial. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, in eighteen nineteen, I'm pretty sure when when um, what's his name was no no because he was the GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs, so it would have been the year before where he won it. Either way, he's won it. Uh, had forty nine points in eighteen nineteen at the AHL level, right? Fourteen points, fourteen goals, thirty five assists. So the guys, I wouldn't say he's. A, He's a top six guy at the at the AHL level, uh, a nice smooth skating playmaker, not too big, right? 5'10", 192. That that's about all you're like. He's not a top tier player. What, what, don't don't anyone think like, oh my god, we we got a guy who's gonna like jump into the lineup today. Whoa whoa, let's pump the brakes a bit here. Yeah, I I, I think that's completely fair. Um, I'm gonna think that this is just some sort of uh what do you call it move a an ahl depth move because they they also need help on that team so uh you know maybe you put him like you said on the first or second line in bridgeport and we can see what he does with i don't know maybe Kiefer bellows or oliver wallstrom on his wing or simon holmstrom something like that yeah i'm not sure what they're gonna do with him obviously no no one does aside from lou it's really what's really going to be the indicator for me is the contract that they offer him. Is it going to be like heavily loaded with uh, AHL money or is it going to be kind of sorry when I mean heavily loaded? Is it going to be is he going to make as much in the AHL as the NHL, which leads you to believe that he's probably going to be playing NHL time, right? Like if, if the salaries are just going to be same. The incentive right. is like we want to pl- play you in the NHL. So it doesn't really matter what you make in the A. Uh, we're not going to cut it low because we think you're an NHL caliber player. Kind of like Aho in year two, right? If you look at Sebastian Aho's deal that he just signed in, in, in this season, uh, if I bring it up here, uh, the AHL money jumps in in the second year. So I'm just trying to bring it up here so I can spew it out instead of spewing it out from my back end. Uh, he's making 725. That's the cap hit on his deal for each year for the two years. His regular base salary is sorry, his minor salary. My God, his minor salary in year one 275. His okay. minor salary in year two, seven fifty. Big difference. Yeah, you're not going to tell me that this kid is going to be in the AHL making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. He could, but they're going to the, the clear uh, line that they're drawing here is that we expect you to be at the NHL level, Correct. and we're going to pay you like an NHL player, 
in year two at the very latest. Correct. That you, perfect. Yes. So, like, is that what they're going to do with Timoshov? We obviously don't know because we ha- they haven't signed him yet. So now the Islanders have two RFAs. Uh, but that'll be the huge indicator to me as to what they plan on doing. So we can, pro- you know, figure out what, where, or try to figure out where they're going to sign, where they're going to play him. I, I don't think he's going to be this like lock for that third line left wing with the Islanders. I, I really don't. They might see if he can fit because, like, if they can, then great. We got a third line left wing for nothing. I, I don't expect that they believe he will he will earn that role right out of camp. I, I don't no. think so. No, I would be very, very, very surprised if he makes the roster. Very surprised. But like you said in the beginning here, they didn't give up anything, so it's it's worth a shot. You throw you throw what like you said seven hundred thousand dollars at the wall see if it sticks. Yeah, right. And again, you gave up nothing. So like you you, you toss seven fifty that you were gonna toss to someone anyways. Well, and, and which is again we're we're not talking about any time you sign someone it's still a risk, right? Like you risked one point two million dollars signing Derek Broussard. Did he give you one point two million dollars worth of value? I would argue not. But maybe they think so. Regardless, you still to a toss one point two billion dollars at the wall. So like, if you're gonna toss seven fifty, why the hell not? Why the why not? And it, at worst, you bump up a team in Bridgeport that was absolutely garbage last year. Right, and uh, that's my expectation for him. Is I think he plays in the AHL this year, and I think he puts up pretty good numbers because, like, as you said, he he put up pretty good numbers even. Uh, you know, his last year in the AHL in 2018-19 when he had 49 points in 72 games with the Marlies. Like, that's a pretty yeah. solid season. Yeah, so, and we've seen them, them being the Islanders and by, by, by um, also the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, build up that depth and quality, right? They brought in A.J. Greer. Uh, Austin Zarnick is going to play at the AHL level. Maybe he factors in at the NHL. I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But those are two guys who put up points at the AHL and are not new guys too. They're, they're no. not super old. They're not super young either, but they know how to get it done at the AHL level. Now you toss in Dmitry uh, Timoshov in the mix, plus everyone else. You still got your Holmstroms. You got your Bellows. You got your Hosangs. Grant Hutton, Samuel Bodzik is going to start this year. Bodie Wild. And now you're like, all right, there's there's quite a bit of names in there that that this should get going. Uh, this should be a good year for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. By good, I mean at least better than last year where they were the worst in the AHL. Right. I don't think this is going to be the worst team in the AHL this upcoming year. I mean, sure, crazy things happen, but I do think this is an improved roster for them. And I think that's the goal, right? It's just to make sure that they're not losing. They want to win as much as possible. They always want to do. Sure. Um, but they, they should allow them to do so easier. And that gets some of the kids like Holmstrom, like Hosang, like Bellows in a winning mentality. And, and winning breeds confidence confidence breeds performances and that's what you're looking for i like that put that on a t-shirt thank you that was my yoda speech right there (laughs) i love it anything else on this kid before we keep the train moving we'll see what happens i see a lot of like he's gonna challenge for the third line yeah of course it's entirely possible uh if i'm if i'm building like a depth chart for that third line left wing spot if there's only one spot available it's walsham koivula bellows hosang Timoshov, and that's not counting Michael Dalcole in there, and I because I think he's below Hosang. So like, let's say Hosang Dalcole Timoshov. That's well, my depth chart personally. Where's Komarov? He's not. He, he's already on the lineup. He's already there. Uh, no, no, no. He's he's. God, 
Okay, he's lower than that. He's lower than Timoshov, I would say. But that's a personal one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've made one spot available, so that means I'm, we're either automatically giving one to Del Cole or Komarov. So I, okay, all right. That that's fair. That's fair. Um, so let's get to those prospects, Mitch, because this is my new favorite thing that we do, and that you've been crushing on the site right now. I know we have uh, some exclusive info that you could share with us here on the pod. So I spoke to Alex Jeffries' coach, super great guy, um, uh, Scott Boric, his coach from Merrimack, um, and we spoke for like 20 minutes. I wanted it to be a 10-minute interview, but like we just got talking about him, and he couldn't stop saying good things about Alex Jeffries. Just everything he said was better than the last. It was mm-hmm. insane. Uh, and I understand like some people say, like, well, you're not going to find a coach out there who's going to like trash on his own player. Of course not. But... They don't have to praise them, right? Instead of saying he's the smartest player in the league, which is what he called one of the smartest players in the league, which is what he called Alex Jeffries, he could say he's a very smart player, right? That's yes. still a positive. It's not the next level where it's like, no, no, he's top IQ. There's a lot of good things to like out of this interview. One of the things I didn't write on there is that Alex Jeffries is playing in all situations. Mm-hmm. Five on five, power play, penalty kill. And this is a true freshman we're talking about. We're not talking about a senior. We're not talking about sophomore. We're not talking about a senior. Did I already say that? Junior is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I'm all screwed up with the, the like. That's okay. I think I've got them. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, right? Yes. Yes. Um, but he's first year in, in college hockey, first year at university. So true freshman. And he's playing in all situations and putting up points. Coach told me, like, I trust him going over the boards in any situation. When do you see that about a freshman? Let's get Barry Trotz in this guy's ear and be like, no, no, you got you got to build that confidence, baby. Yeah, no, no, no. You can't say that until at least year three. Right? But, like, this is year one, four games in, and he's like, no, no. This guy, I trust this guy. His work ethic, he says, is out of off the charts. Uh, his speed is great. His IQ is just as well off the charts. And his shot, he has an NHL caliber release now, apparently. That's a great sign. And he's a fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's awesome. Those are the things you love to hear. And I, I know I'm, I'm looking at his Elite Prospects page. He has only four games under his belt, but five points and three goals in, in four games. Good start. And two of them came in one game, twice on two on, on two different power plays. Oh, okay. Love that. Uh, from the OV spot, first off, wrist shot at the top of the key. Boom, in. Beat the goalie clean. Didn't even see it. Second one, it came off the bar. So the puck comes off the bar. He taps it down, freezes it, and then rings it in. Just the ability to do that, and it's not coming off clean like the coach told me. It's not coming off clean off the post. To freeze it and then fire it in, that's a whole different skill level. And it's it's incredible to see from a guy who is, again, a true freshman in his first year and is a fourth-round pick. Just crazy. Yeah, that, that is a really good sign. That kind of shows his hockey IQs you know, years ahead. He's, he's 19 years old, and that's a, a veteran play right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, good things coming. Coach told me that... He may not expect the production to keep going as it is now, and that's not a reflection on him necessarily, but mm-hmm. Merrimack is going through some injury concerns. Okay. Their first, second, and third line center are out for a while. Yikes. So, like, there's some... He said there's a lot of... We lost a lot of punch out of our lineup. 
Uh, can he contribute as much? Probably not on the score sheet, but he can still be a productive player by doing every other thing, which speaks to, like you said, his hockey IQ being like, he's going to be a good player, even if he's off the puck, which is just like manna from heaven for Barry Trotz. Oh yeah. He, he loves that. I'm not in the least bit surprised that a Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz player is quote unquote, the smartest player in the league. (laughs) Good on and off the puck. Um, So good things there. And then another good news is Oliver Wallstrom is headed to North America. Woo-hoo. I'm sure everyone has, has heard that by now, but like he has been recalled from his loan from AIK. Uh, I've got some questions in with, with their coach just to kind of like catch up from what we heard the first time. Like, is he better defensively? Is he better away from the puck? What did you see from him? Like, how did he? Because when he bounced back from that injury, the man just like put up points. He was better than when he started the season after the injury. What happened there? I was supposed to get those back today, but like things happen where like yeah, it's yeah. a little bit slower sometimes. So I'll get those soon. Um, but yeah, he's back now. He's he's getting ready to prepare for the 2021 season, and I expect him to make the roster. It, it it's I, I have him over our Otto Koivula just because I think momentum is on Oliver Walsh's side, but Koivula is really not far back in my in my rankings. Uh the the more and more I watch and read up on Oliver Wallstrom the more I get excited about him is that fair would you say are you high on him as well yeah the one thing that he has going for him is obviously his offensive abilities Mm -hmm. but after that it's his his sense of where he needs to improve like during the offseason he spoke to Arthur Staple and said "I, I know what I need to do I need to be become more of a power forward Right. And and that speaks to what Hakan Alud, which is the coach at AIK, was saying about him. He needs to be better in front of the goal. Power for a move right there. Like we know the kid can shoot. We know right, he's right. a he can shoot from the perimeter, but he needs to be able to translate that on the inside. It's great that you can play on the outside, but you need to be playing on the inside as well, because that's where you're going to get the most of your scoring opportunities. Of course. And it sounds like he worked on that in the offseason, which to me bumps up the um, the excitement level a little bit. No, absolutely. And I know we only saw a limited sample of him in the NHL last year, but I believe in his debut, he had a couple of chances. I think he rung one off the post as well. So, I, again, I know it's a small sample size, but I, I do think that this kid's scoring abilities can translate at the next level. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. If he gets the opportunity to, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they're going to be playing a Nino Ninorider style, forget it. Uh, which is going to happen to a certain degree. It's the New York Islanders. They play like 60% of the time in the defensive zone anyways. Um, but if he gets to play offense, he, he's going to find that opportunity. The, the, the one that you mentioned from last year is against Winnipeg, right? Where he goes inside out, dummies a defender, and then opens the slot and just shoots it a little bit high. Yeah, yeah. He had it. He had, I think it was Hellebuck shoulder. I think pretty- Hellebuck's a left, a left glove, right? So I'm he had sure. the right shoulder open, but he skied it. Mm. Uh, he if he can cite that a little bit more, that's in that 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 would have been a highlight real goal. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, absolutely. I, I think uh, I I think that would have been phenomenal, and that would have been maybe jump started him a little bit more and got the confidence going. But uh, n- nevertheless, I I I really hope the Islanders give him the opportunity. I'm not necessarily sold that he is going to get that opportunity, just because in the past we've kind of got burned. When we uh, thought, okay, this is the time the Islanders are going to give a shot to one of the younger guys. But out of all the younger guys they have, his ceiling seems to be the highest. Outside of Dobson and, and Sorokin. I mean, for, for forwards. 
Right, but he, both of those two guys that you mentioned are locks. They're, they're making the team. There's no question about it. Correct. There's still a question with Walsham because he still has to show that he can play that team game, right? He's got to show that, yes, we know you have offensive abilities, but like we don't play in the offensive zone 90% of the time, my friend. That's not going to happen. So we need to know that you're going to be good off the puck and you can play the team game. If you can't do that, the AHL for you, my friend, and learn it. But if you can show us that you've made strides, I- I'm paraphrasing or I- I'm putting myself in the skin of Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello. If you can show us that you've learned something over the last year, we're going to give you the chance. I-, I would imagine. It makes no sense to not do that. No, I'm with you 100%. I, I think he's earned it, but we'll see what they uh, what they decide there. But definitely excited to see him in camp for sure. Yeah. Um, outside of that, in terms of updates from the uh, from overseas, uh, I spoke to uh, the GM for Team Finland. Okay. And uh, just ask him like what what the role is. I, I I tried to get in with Team Finland and Team Sweden, but there's some coaching issues going on with Team Sweden and, and the whole COVID nineteen stuff. Like they only have two coaches going over the, for the tournament, so they don't have a whole lot of time. I get it. Um, but Team Finland, he got back to me and, and I asked him what Matthias Rajaniemi's role going to be, um, roles going to be. Uh, and if you don't know, uh, Matthias Rajaniemi is a sixth round pick for the Islanders in 2020, six uh, four defender playing on Finland, and he said that he's going to play well we're not too sure yet how much but okay. as the tournament grows his role will certainly grow with it okay uh, w- which tells me he's going to be like a seventh or eighth defender for them okay all right interesting yeah we'll, we'll see if anything you know happens there but uh I- i'm glad that he's he made that team and is heading over there yeah, so like I don't expect him to play right away. He might play in game one, and then they're going to test him out. But like we're talking about a six four defender whose minutes have gone down considerably uh, this year for Lati. So I'm not sure he's going to get that much playing time. But most of these guys, maybe not most, but three of the eight guys on that roster on the blue line have been playing split time between the Liga and U20 level, whereas uh, Reshinyemi has played the full Liga season this year and last. So he's been playing against men for two years now, and he's one of the younger kids on the team. So like at a certain point, his experience playing against bigger, stronger men, and he's already 6'4", 205, that's going to, to, to fit, and they're going to they're gonna play him against guys who are going to be much smaller than he is. No, absolutely, and that's definitely something that uh, you know we're going to keep a close eye on as th- th- this is what we're doing right now. we got to keep a close eye on these kids because there's nothing else going on really. That's right. Pre-tournament starts in four days. Regular tournament, I think it's Finland against Germany on Christmas Day at 2 p.m. So oh, okay. There you go. NHL Network for you guys in the States, TSN for us here in Canada for the World Junior Championship. Man, they, they need to pay me for that kind of advertisement. There you go. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. Just tossing out free ads here on the EOI podcast. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mitch. Oh, boy. Beauty, that's all I've got in terms of prospect updates. Perfect. Love it. Thank you for the updates. Make sure to follow along with Mitch for more updates on Twitter at TLO Mitch and on the website, eyesonisles.com. So with that, shall we get into the quiz? Oh, yes. Let's do that. So as you know, we like to do a quiz every week. Uh, Matt has to guess what New York Islander player I have in mind. It typically revolves around, not typically, but it always revolves around the number of episodes we're at. Today, it's episode 174 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. 174, Matt. That's, That's a, a lot. A lot of talking. So, are you ready? If, if you don't know the rules, I'm going to stop you there, Matt, just in case okay. you listening, if you don't know the rules. Matt gets five clues. They get progressively easier as they go along. 
and he has to tell me who it is. By the fifth one, I'm basically giving it away. Let's do it. Ready? Let's go. All right. Clue number one. I was born February 18th, 1984. Okay, next. Wait. That, that, I have to look up that. That doesn't sound right. You the got birth the birth year doesn't sound right. First one you already got wrong. The birth year doesn't sound right. 1994. Sorry. 94. I did a typo. Caught myself. Okay. Afterwards. Okay. So, okay. Still don't All have right. a guess, but I'm an undrafted player. Clue number two from the QMJHL. Undrafted player from the QMJHL. Okay. Next. In my NHL debut, I played 16 minutes and 17 seconds and had four penalty minutes against the Flyers. Ross Johnston. Yes. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Good job. Um, in my second NHL game, I picked up 15 penalty minutes and a 7-3 win versus Chicago. And in 2017-18... Uh, our 2017-18 was my most productive season with six points. That one would have given it away for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I I was thinking in my head, like, okay, who the heck could this possibly be? Uh, but w once you got to the debut, I, I remember, it was 2015-16 that year, right? It was, yes. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Got it again. Man. I'm on a heater right now. <laughs> so for the year, I was like, there's no way this guy is as old as I am. There's no way. <laughs> And sure enough, he's 10 years younger. He's your age. Just about. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Let's get into the social stuff, Mitch. Let's go see what's going around on Isles Twitter. What do you got for us this week? Um, first one here comes from NHL Fantasy on Ice at NHL Fantasy. Ooh. And it says best hashtag, sorry, best hashtag fantasy hockey rookies. One, Igor Shosturkin. Two, Alexi Lafreniere. Three, Kirill Kaprizov. All right. Okay. Four, Ilya Sorokin. Ooh, okay. I like that. And you have to, right? Like, I know he's not getting a lot of uh, of Calder love because, like, the guy's 25 and coming over from the KHL, but, like, that don't matter. Artemi Panarin won the award just recently, and he was not overage, but old enough to, excuse for people to be like, eh, I don't know if this is fair. Um, I would expect he factors, factors into the Calder nomination. Absolutely, which uh, ironically, Mitch, this is a this is a good leadoff for me because my first one comes from Sirius XM NHL, and they tweeted out the Calder Memorial Trophy odds, and there are twenty two people on this list, Mitch, and yeah. the last one on this list is Ty Smith at fifty to one odds, and would you know that Ila Sorokin does not find his way into the top twenty two? How is that? possible uh well there's a few reasons and they're dumb reasons uh one goalies rarely win the award i think they've won it three times in the last 20 years okay. right nabokov mason and i'm forgetting the one that won it between the two of them it does it doesn't matter um so three guys have won it since 2000 and he may not get all the starts well it's a shortened season and even then robin leonard almost won the vezina two years ago and he played half the games so yeah. Let's chill. But Shesterkin's two to one. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, I guess they think he's going to be playing a lot, and he had a really good twelve games. Sure. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did, and I have no issue with Lafreniere being the the favorite. He was the number one overall pick. Like it makes sense for him to be the favorite. 
I mean, I'm just the part that I struggle with is that there are 22 people that could be uh, ahead of him in terms of Calder consideration. I don't buy it. Now I'm not sitting here saying that I I definitely think he's going to win the Calder. I, I I think I'd be surprised if he won it. To be completely honest with you, but for him to just not be recognized on this at all seems very bizarre. Yeah, it, it really does strikes me as bizarre. Like there's no possible chance that he's who is number 22 on that list? Ty Smith. Ty Smith. Who the hell is Ty Smith? I, I know he's been drafted. Uh, elite prospects. Let's bring up this. This look, look. He's a 20-year-old already. 5'11", 180. Was drafted By 17th the Devils, right? overall in 2018. By the Devils? By the Devils. Yeah. W- what? Why? Why is this guy even in this? Well, well, he could have a really good year playing on Jack Hughes's wing. Do we really think Ty Smith? Actually, he doesn't even play in the he's wing. Defensive. He's a defenseman. Yeah. How? How? He's gonna not even gonna be in their top two. I would imagine. He's is he a righty? Oh, he's no, a, lefty. He's a lefty. Maybe he plays with PK Subban. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, don't see it happening. They have other lefties ahead of them. There's no way. But Ilya Sorokin. Now, not even gonna factor. Come on. That, I hate that goalie bias. I really hate it. No, that, that bothered me, so I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, my next one here comes from Super 70s Sport, at, sup, at Super 70s Sport, and so it's all together. Uh, Matt, I'm going to send it to you right now. Sure. Because uh, it's a picture of Gordie Howe, and it says, take a good look at Gordie Howe. As long as that line doesn't break, because he's fishing, he's reeling in everything up to and including Moby Dick. Because he is jacked. I did not understand. I didn't realize how much of a brick house. Uh, I was going to call him Moby Dick. Gordy Howe was. If, Just look at him. If this thing ever. Oh my god! Right? He is jacked. Just muscles for days. It, it, it looks like he was sculpted by Michelangelo or something. Honestly, right? Like that nose is. It's gotten broken a couple of times, that's for damn sure. Oh, for sure. But outside of that, like, he is ridiculous. I, I, I knew he was a big guy. I knew he was a tough guy. I did not, I was not expecting this. I don't think anyone could look at that going like, oh, that's what I was expecting from Gordy Howe, unless you've already seen that picture. So go look it up. A super Sports, sorry, Super 70s Sports. Uh, it was tweeted out December 16th, so just today at 4.59. Unbelievable. Just how muscular this man is. And he used to fight like crazy. Could you imagine this guy just coming in and laying haymakers on your face? Forget it. I'd be dead. His arms are the size of my head. It's insane. It's absolutely... I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Because we we always hear like, now players are bigger, stronger, and faster today. He could kill today. He could kill today with that physique. Yeah, no, 100%. Yes, 1,000%. Unbelievable. Um, my next one is a graphic from, uh, Instagram. I, I'm sorry. I don't remember where it's from, but the, it's from the, the graphic is originated from the, the hockey news and it's a 2021 oh, power yes. rankings. And the, the hockey news has the Islanders ranked 17th. Yep. Um, I, I feel I know we were talking in the past about them being snubbed in like the top 10. But at, at 17, that sounds like a real stretch. Am I am I off here, Mitch? That's not even playoff territory, right? 
They figure no. they're a, a bubble team, not not just in in the East, in in the entire league. In the entire and league, and that that to me is is odd. There, there's no way. There's there's no way it's going to happen. Absolutely not. No, I mean, Tampa Bay, Boston, Philly, Washington, Carolina, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Columbus are the only Eastern Conference teams ahead of the Islanders. I I don't see it, man. I really specifically because if we're looking thinking of this season, how much travel is going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, like te- you're considering teams out in the West and some of the travel they're going to have to do. The Islanders in their division are not going to have to do that much travel. What what's the furthest team in their division? If we're assuming Boston and Buffalo's in there, is it Buffalo? Uh, could be. Very well, could be. Right, Buffalo, the other side of the state. Boston's up north, but like it's not that far. No, but you got to go very far up up in uh, New York State to get up to Buffalo. It's probably Buffalo, right? That's the furthest they have to go. Buffalo. Whereas some teams are going to have to travel like a lot for like if Dallas is in the Pacific, oh, good luck! Like that's a lot of travel. That where it's on teams, and we're we're talking about like COVID travel as well. Like mm-hmm. yes, they're taking charter flights, but there's still going to be other protocols wrapped around that. No, of course. Whereas the Islanders might not have to deal with that with a chartered bus, for example. No, absolutely. So that that bothered they, they might fly, but still. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead. No, so so that bothered me. I, I I think that that's way too low. But you could play the you know prove people wrong card yet again. Yeah, there's only so long we can play that though, right? Like uh, to me, that's getting old. Like oh, let's prove them wrong again, again. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I, at what point have we proved them wrong? Right? Like at some point, it's gonna be like, ha ha, we told you. Like that guy from Shark Eyes is gonna come back. Told you you were frauds. Like guy. You said that last year. You can't use that same line now. Yeah. It's not the same team anymore. It just isn't. Even just from last year, like Sorokin's going to play. That's an upgrade on Thomas Grice. I don't care what you say. Thomas Grice is great, but Sorokin's an upgrade on Thomas Grice. Uh, and that in and of itself is going to be huge because Thomas Grice did not have a great year last year. No, no, absolutely not. And yes, there were factors because Tzizekas and Pelik missed time, and obviously the team looked completely different without those two guys in the lineup, but... Uh yeah, seventeen's a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that's that's a joke. Ten to through thirteen, cool. Anything lower than that, that I'm starting to be like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can say uh, twelve for me is the lowest I would put them. Okay, the absolute fair. lowest. That that's fair to me. That's fair. Uh, my last one here comes from uh, Cam Bibi uh, on Instagram. So uh, I do Insta. Uh, hey. That's Jean-Gabriel Peugeot's wife. Ooh. And th- they're moving to New York. Welcome. So they're leaving Ottawa and they're they're becoming New Yorkers. Uh, they've got boxes, not boxes, but bins and, and bags ready to go. With the New York Islander logo predominantly displayed, right? Like, it's not just kind of like, oh, it's kind of there. No, no. It, the, the logo's right between their two heads, mm-hmm. very clearly posed, uh, which is fine. It's Instagram. We all get it. But oh, yeah. they did it with the Islander's logo there. And I was just kind of like, yes, 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 yes. It sucks to see him leave Ottawa because I'll never run into him now. But he's moving to your end of the woods. So please take care of my boy. Uh, offer him as much Putin as he would like. Uh Say le a lot mm-hmm. in, in, in any way. doesn't matter. End your sentence. Le, it's perfectly fine. He'll understand. I would I would like to give him the, the tour of Long Island like I did 
with you when you came down and we, we went to All American. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if he if he wants, we could go on like a nice Ocean Parkway run. And I'll show him Jones Beach and like that area. We could hit the the light display there. That'd be cool. Perfect. Do that. Take him to All American. He has to experience that at least once. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. Get him some fries and a shake. It'll, it'll be perfect. I, I'm in on that. So JG, just hit me up, my man. I'm I'm ready. There you go. Beauty. Perfect. That's all I've got. Perfect. So before we go, wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all kinds of articles up over there. Or you can download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. And lastly, maybe check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. And you can get a whole bunch of different podcasts like mailbag shows, deep dives on topics, post-game shows, uh, live streams, daily questions. There's a whole lot of stuff going on over there. Good community of fans, too. It's a good time. There's always something up going up on, on Patreon every day. There's something, poll, question, whatever. Something's going on there on Patreon. So join up before the season begins. Uh, We're going to get a recap on every single Islanders hockey game, no matter where they play. So get in now. It's five bucks a month. It's well worth the money. Get in. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us on episode 174. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.